or listening to A to the K. 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 These guys are awesome. Check it out. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later. So, here we are for this yeah, we are. wrestling. And I have the unfortunate responsibility to kick things off with Monday Night Raw. Yep. So, in terms of the card for this week, we had Randy Orton giving an update on the effects of last week. Is apparently a luchador now. We had <laughs> we had Charlotte people taking Sorry. on Peyton Royce with Charlotte picking up the win. So Peyton Royce buried already. We had Xavier Woods taking on Mace with Mace picking up the win. Oh, Xavier we had Woods is buried Alexa's Playgrounds with Asuka as the special guest. We then had Shayna Baszler taking on Mandy Rose with Baszler picking up the win. We had the dirt sheet with Goldberg and Drew McIntyre. Wink, 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 wink. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, we had Riddle and the Lucha House Party taking on the Hurt Business with Hurt yeah. Business picking up the win. We had Jeff Hardy versus Jackson Riker again. Again. Jeff Hardy winning in uh, disqualification. And the main event of the evening saw Asuka take on Alexa Bliss. Would Alexa Bliss pick up the win? So a bit of a weird card. In terms weird. of highlights, not many, as per usual. So, firstly, we had... Um, <laughs> that's so funny. My first highlight, I might even mentioned it in the rundown. <laughs> there was another match, guys. Um, and it was Somewhere. AJ Styles and Ricochet. Uh, and it was a great match. <laughs> yeah. um, it really was. So it good. Was. I didn't put it that's in the funny book. thing. Um, yeah, like... That that's the crazy thing with Ricochet, like he's so talented, and obviously we know AJ is fucking absolute goat as well. So these dudes putting on an excellent match is no surprise really. But yeah, um, it's 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 just one of them. It it doesn't they don't utilize kind of Ricochet enough um, in the right way sometimes. Um, and then obviously AJ is just fucking AJ. You can have a great match with that, with anybody. But this did have its own little low shake though, um, which we will come on to in a little bit. But the match itself. Um. Then my only other highlights was Gilbert, baby. So yeah, yeah, right. So the dare cheat was obviously was meant to be special guests Goldberg and Drew McIntyre. So Drew McIntyre's got COVID. He was never going to show up, was he? And obviously, um, he said they had Goldberg, but actually they brought up Gilbert. So made up to see Gilbert because he's had a load of health issues and stuff like that. And you know yeah. we were really worried for him for quite a. a you know, a good period of time there. But that's the only thing, because it's the last thing we heard, actually, was that he wasn't in good health, so it was really good to see him back. No, defo. Um, I think it was... Um, I James, more for that than James, Ellsworth. James Ellsworth was starting a bloody GoFundMe or something, wasn't he? For he was, yeah. I think we reported on that not too long back, didn't we? I think, uh, I think we were kind of a bit worried that... But, yeah, great to see him back. And, you know, he's, at this point, he's probably more over than Goldberg in my eyes, so I like I it. I agree. Um, <laughs> and then, mad, like... In, crazy um but they had a, another guy portraying drew mcintyre as well and we were like i knew i recognized him and then we managed to find out that if you've ever seen the santa claus movie with tim allen he's bernard bernard yeah. or grown well, he went from a, a star and role in numbers to this yeah to i think fact, it was called numbers yeah the detective he uses math or whatever yeah weird show. he was in that too but he'll always yeah. be bernard to me damn it he is bernard uh, damn it until he like he retired or whatever didn't he so he went in the third film yeah. I don't know if you follow the Santa Claus law, 
but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so obviously great to see Gilberg, but it's just a shame the rest of the fucking segment was a massive train wreck. And swiftly That's that moves us into the O'Shite. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this may end up a topic of debate in your O'Shites, but I think there's a highlight here that I think we should mention, and that is closing on a strong women's match. Mm. And I know, I know you're gonna have some reservations, but you have to admit. Still good character work, still a good main event. I'm gonna disagree. Fine, you do that. <laughs> it's in do my own So we will we will debate that when we get to it. Um so first O'Shite, I've already mentioned it, was fucking Randy Orton in his luchador mask. So we kick off the show. Obviously, last week um Alexa shot a fucking fireball in his face and he spent twenty minutes rolling around the ring going, ah, ah, kind of very Peter Griffin-esque. Um <laughs> ah, ah. Ah, um, so he did that for a bit, and then we now get an update from him. And it was just even for WWE standard, it was so bad, it was so cheesy. There was like dramatic music in the background. He was in a little dark room somewhere um, with his little luchador mask on, even though he had a TV there with him. Like where where was he? Like he had a TV there to show highlights. We had this little weird um, like burn mask on that made him look like the world's shittest luchador. Um, but yeah, he's got first degree first degree burns. You know, he's hiding his face from the world. Um, I don't get what they were aiming for with this. It's like, you set a man on fire? Are we meant to feel sorry for you? You want sympathy now? Like, uh, (laughs) I'm a monster. (laughs) The phantom of the fucking Thunderdome. But it's okay, because even though Alexa did that, he doesn't blame her. He blames the fiend. And, you know, he knows why he's done it. And and do you know why he's done it? It's to stop him from winning the Royal Rumble. That's exactly what it was. He's like, I need to stop this guy from winning the Royal Rumble. So I'm going to ask Alexa Bliss to shoot a fireball on his face. I mean... Classic. Now, now that is some long-term storytelling, to be fair. Some classic here. Um, We've seen it before. Do you remember back in the, the first Royal Rumble when Hulk Hogan shot a fireball into... Okay. <laughs> <coughs> Just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It was... Fuck yeah, Randy. Like, how, how fucking stupid is that to use this segment as him declaring his entry into the Royal Rumble? Like, really? Wow. Okay. Um. So that kicked off the show and put it on. I feel like we're, we're slowly going to do the Kane thing again. When they're like... Oh, Somebody eventually rips the mask off and it turns out he wasn't burnt at all and he's just a fucking idiot. Sorry, well, Kane. You know, legend. But fair, that was play, fair play to the uh, you know WWE's makeup team because he did look quite burnt except for the bit that he'd all missed just at the side of his face here that just had no burn stuff on it. He's, a fireball, so he's not going to be burnt everywhere, is he? There's going to be some well, clear bits. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, so that's how we open the show. I mentioned before AJ and Ricochet was um you know a really good match and I'm not going to discredit them for that. But what's this weird thing now where AJ Styles is like the gatekeeper for the fucking Royal Rumble? <laughs> so fucking funny, like, isn't it? It doesn't make any sense. Like, last you want to get the Rumble, uh, do you? <laughs> exactly. Like, who was it last week? Was it Gable? Was it Gable? Someone? Uh, no, it was Gable. Gable smack. No, maybe it was Gable. So you don't seem to care. Oh, no, it was Gable. Gulak. Gulak. Oh, yeah, Gulak or Gable, one of them. Um, so, yeah, Gulak last week, and now this week it's fucking it Sounds like a weird game. Time for Gulak <laughs> or Gable. Um... But yeah, I, I don't know. It's just fucking stupid, right? It, it annoyed me, and it didn't make any sense. And I, I don't understand I why really, AJ... really hate either make everyone have to qualify for the Rumble or no one have to qualify for the Rumble. I hate this exactly. random, arbitrary... Randy can just announce he's in it. All the people yeah. have to fight AJ for it. It just pisses me exactly. off. Exactly. And it, if, if anything, it just discredits the likes of Ricochet and whoever who you know aren't worthy enough to say that they can be in there. But... <laughs> You know what else? You know, speaking of people who can just announce that they're ready for the, you know, can enter the rumble. Why the fuck is the Miz 
entered the Royal Rumble. He's got the money in the bank. How many title shots does that guy want? Well, maybe like, this is going to be a thing that he'll win the Rumble. He'll get the match, lose, <laughs> and then cash in and do it again. And lose a second time. Yeah, that would make perfect sense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was fucking stupid. And speaking of stupid, so was the whole dirt cheat segment. Awful. Yep. Not it's, funny. It's not Crap. even worth talking about, to be honest. It was childish oh. bullshit as... I know, like, they've always treaded the line between childish and funny. But I feel like they've just slowly slipped into just childish. Ever since they've done the whole Otis stuff, they've for me, they've never recovered from it. It's just not funny anymore. It's just them making very childish like jokes. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it the, the funny element seems to have slowly slipped away. Also, when did it turn back into the dirt sheet? Arbitrarily. Changes <laughs> week to week. It doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say much about it, but all I'm going to say is, why the fuck did we get Hardy and Riker again? And what is this weird shit about miscommunication with Elias and Riker and dissension in the ranks already? They've been a fucking little uh-huh. group for about three weeks. And yeah, that story over. doesn't work when they've not been together. Give over. And now we're going to talk and debate this, Anthony. So, okay. Alexis, Alexis Playground and the subsequent match. Right. And I know a lot of people raved over it, and you being one of them, right? No, I, Alex- whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's backpedal a little. No, no, you were raving a minute ago. I didn't fucking rave. Fucking you were. There are good elements in this. The fact that Alexa's back in the ring and actually had a match, that, that was pretty good. We haven't seen her wrestle since Nikki Cross. They seem to be very sporadic at the moment. The fact that she seems to be echoing a very similar character where she'll sort of change personality, I think is a good example of her character work at the moment. I did not like the fact that that's how she won. Like, it was just a sudden, well, she's different now, so she's going to do the um, Sister Abigail and you fucked. That's it, game over. Didn't like that, but I love the fact that we got a good, strong female match as the main event, um, that were two people who weren't Charlotte, that's a plus, um, and the fact that we got to see Alexa in the ring again, I think, but all those elements make it, at least in some ways, a highlight. Bitch. Mm. Mm. So, what I will say, <laughs> what I will say. Um, I feel like so you I... didn't listen to a word I said, and you're just like, you're finishing him in, and I get the same my piece. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> 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 see what I did there? Um, no, look, like, like Alexa was good. She's always good. Her character work is good. Um, you know, she's creepy. Like in terms of the segment ahead of the match, she was fine. I can't, I can't fault her. Asuka was awful in that segment. She was fucking running around the ring, like fucking dancing. The one minute she was scared, the next minute she's honoured to face her. Why? Like, yeah. she was awful. Didn't make any sense, right? Then the match. I, I guess I do kind of like maybe that she's. Maybe that's even too strong a word. She's got two personas now, similar to The Fiend. And I guess it's like The Fiend is controlling it somehow or whatever. Okay, but I don't know. It feels a bit flat. And, you know, I just... The finish... She does it well, whether it's a good thing or not. You know what I mean? Like, she she can switch the character really well. And she's good at that. But I don't know if necessarily that that makes it a good angle, per se. But she's definitely very good at it. But it was just like, for me, like, Bray Wyatt turns into The Fiend... Alexa put some black lipstick on and a black t-shirt and it's like it's not really the same is it to be fair okay <laughs> um but yeah so there's that but then the finish man right I am a stickler for this but at the same time I am not going to apologize for it it's fucking stupid and it's shit Asuka was battering her for ages right and then all yep. of a sudden she just goes for sister Abigail and holds her there for about 10 seconds well we've complained about this before with the fiend in all fairness like, um, it is one of them where you're like, why did you not do anything? 
it's it's fucking laughable. And I know, yeah, it's fucking choreographed. It's you know predetermined, whatever. It still needs to make sense. You can't this is, just it's similar. Up and then just goes that. Now I will hold you here for ten seconds while you do absolutely nothing. It's very similar. In fact, it's probably worse than your gripe about um, when you pin people. And you mm. mentioned it a few times that one of the things you were taught was like, don't act like you want to be pinned. Don't just be like, well, this is me now. Exactly. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. And it's a similar thing no to that, isn't it? Where you go, it where the whole point in this, like, this is theatrics it's scripted. So <laughs> this is just lazy then, isn't it? Because why yeah. aren't you trying to sell it to us that you're trying to escape? Like for me, so, something like this can completely invalidate a whole match because it just it's like it takes you out of it and you sat there going, well, this is fucking stupid. And if anything, it, it reflects badly on the two performers in the ring, and that's why I don't think it's a good match. It, it's not a good match because they fucked up on a fundamental, and the fundamental is you can't without putting any offense on someone or at least pretending like they could be knocked out for ten seconds. You can't just put someone in a position like this. And cradle the cradle the head without any offense for ten seconds before hitting the move. It's fucking stupid, and mm. it, I'm not. I I'm think not it was. It. It's fun because the mental. <laughs> I'm not having it. Not having it. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't really know. I don't, I kind of feel bad as well for Asuka in in a sense because she was awful in the the previous segment, and then she's getting you know she got a lot of offense in, but effectively she got squashed as the women's champion by yeah. Um, Alexa Bliss. You've then got fucking Charlotte getting more FaceTime anyway. And I mean it's Charlotte. Like so it's kind how of do like, you not oh, give it all the time. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like she's she's losing that belt soon. Like whether it's to Charlotte or what like whoever wins that rumble, she's losing that belt. I'm I'm quite impressed she held it as long as she has, to be honest. Yeah. It's one of them though as well. I feel like her character's been awful as well, the weird dancing thing. Like she was good when she was like no one's ready for Asuka. She's a badass. Yeah, and then weird thing. I thought they were bringing me. that back when they were doing the whole poison mist and green eye yeah. thing and all that. I was like, well, they're trying to make her more um, sinister again, but no, that never went anywhere. No, so yeah, I was uh, disappointed to say the least. Um, but that was the show, and for me, taking everything into account, I'm gonna give it a one. Um, you were entitled to do so. So that that's my two cents, Anthony. I'm gonna give it a one and a half because I wasn't as aggrieved as you. Okay. I'll allow it. Cool. Just this one. Should we talk about NXT then? Let's talk about NXT. Do this. So, Do this. as far as the card goes, we're still very dusty classic, right? Obviously, we've got a tournament going on. I love a good tournament anyway. So, we start the night with um, the tag team of Gargano and Theory going up against Kushida and Leon Ruff. Um, with Kushida and Ruff taking the win. Um, we had, uh, following that, Karrion Cross going up against Ashante Adonis or Ashante the Adonis. Um, with Karrion Cross taking the win, obviously. We had uh, another Dusty Classic follow-up match with uh, Imperium going up against the Lucha House Party with the Lucha House Party taking the win. We then had the female Dusty Classic match of um, Carter and Catanzaro going up against Storm and Martinez with um, Carter and Catanzaro taking the win. We then followed that up with Bronson Reed going up against Tyler Rust with Bronson Reed taking the win. Then we had some sort of weird promo with Legado del Fantasma with no one winning, not even the audience. And then we closed the night off with the pit fight we've all been waiting for, Tommaso Ciampa going up against Tim Thatcher with Tim Thatcher taking the win. That's the card. That's the card. Now, my highlights, Carl, my highlights. First one, 
is um, I, I want to say this is a highlight because I like where it might be headed, was that um, in the first match of the night, we saw Kushida actually get a clean win over Gargano. Gargano? Right? Gargano? Gargano. Um, and I feel like this is them, like, and they've been hitting at it for a while, but I feel like this is a solid sort of, yeah, we're heading to Kushida maybe having a run with the NA title. And I don't know because he's not had it back long, but he doesn't really need the NA title either, Gargano. So I don't, I, I like where they're going with it. I think this could be a good feud. And I, I was very interested that they give him a clean pin. I know it was a tag match, but they give him a clean pin over Gargano was, was interesting. So I'm going to call it a highlight. My other highlight, Carl. And firstly, I do need to say, I love a good tournament. And I don't mind the Dusty Classic at all. But I think it says a lot, right, that they've had to bring in tag teams from other shows and randomly make tag teams just to get this to work. Um, it's just one of them classic things of saying, okay, WWE just don't really care about tag teams until they want to for a sec. Um, and obviously, the reason I had to precursor is because as far as tag teams go on NXT, the Lucha House Party on NXT really works for me. I think it was um, it was really ace match. Uh, and I can appreciate, as weird as it sounds, I can appreciate them more on NXT than I have ever been able to appreciate them on the main roster. I feel like they were used better. I feel like they were given actual credibility and I actually got to see more of their ability in the ring. It legitimized them a little bit for me. So I want to, I want to give a, a highlight to the Lucha House Party. I think they, they suit NXT much better and that's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> so unless you have any of the highlights, Carl, I'll talk about my few oh shites. Um, I certainly don't, to be fair. Good. Right. So <laughs> carry and cross. Might be going off this guy, you know. Really? Only because we're right back to doing squashy squashes, aren't we? Mm. Old carry and squash right there. Because <laughs> we had a pointless match where he squashes someone who's not that built up on the roster. I mean, at least we've heard of him, but he's not that built up on the roster. And for me, when he first debuted and he was squashing people, it was to establish that he's a monster. Now he's gone up against some legitimate people. And it's like, yeah, we're going to go right back to your squashing people. But it's like, we're not building them up anymore. We know who he is. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't, I don't, this didn't help anyone. Like, it didn't really, I, I don't think any more or less of carrying. Um, I might even think a little less because I did just moan about that. Uh, and it didn't help uh, Ashanti Adonis at all. So, I don't know. It just kind of bugged me this week that we go right back to doing squashes when they've had all this stuff with Priest. We've had all this suggestion in the main title scene. And now it's just random squash this week. Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it feels like now he's come back. They don't know what to do with him. Um, because I would have assumed they were going to insert him directly into the title picture again, because that's where he, you know, belongs, isn't it? But it's just kind of, it's just there. <laughs> yeah. Just there. Um, the other one, this is going to be a, a controversial one, Carl. The <clears throat> women's Dusty Classic. It's fucking stupid, <laughs> right? And this isn't because it's a woman thing. It's because they barely had any tag teams anyway. Worse than the men's side. And I've already moaned about the men's side having to randomly bring in tag teams from other shows or randomly smack tag teams together. Like, it was just, there's, I think there's one tag team, like, in the entire thing. Oh, and they're not even a tag team. It's just like, um, oh, what's her name? Ah, it'll come back to me. Anyway, but yet there's like one, they're, they're like, the mates. Do you know what I mean? But like, how random is the pairing of Storm and um, Martinez? Mm. It's like, yeah, fuck it. We'll throw them together. Why not? It's just, this is where I'm like, unless the, it, I, I feel the same way about the women's tag titles. Unless you've got a few tag teams, it's pointless fucking doing this. I don't know whether you mm. agree with it or not because, like, let's get some tag teams together and have a nice tournament. But 
I don't know. I hate it when they're, they're not real tag team. Like the the Storm Martinez one is a particularly thing. Like this to me epitomizes what WWE thinks of tag teams because it's like, well, we don't like each other, but we're both awesome wrestlers, so naturally we'll be an awesome tag team, and it just totally discredits having chemistry as a tag team. Like that's totally irrelevant. As long as you're both awesome wrestlers, it won't matter. Which is mm. it's not. I don't know. I think. I can't be too harsh on it because AEW have done something very similar in the past. Um, obviously, they had the um, the women's kind of tag team thing. Yeah, uh, but want to talk about AEW's women's roster? Themes. No. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I didn't mind that then. And, you know, I don't want to see... I think you're right. It doesn't make sense to necessarily do it when there's no titles to go for or anything like that. But at the same time, you know, it can be interesting to get people together um, and see how they are as a team. And then it doesn't always have to end up in a a championship, do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, I think they are going to be clutching the straws, and I think some of the teamings already so far are a bit mm, questionable. Mm. So they have least. a little bit of potential. Like this is the thing that bugs me as well. You never really see the women's tag titles on NXT, but they could be. Mm. Why don't Charlotte and and Duda rock up on there and go? You know what? We're going to win the Dusty Classic because we're the best fucking women's tag team anyway. Mm. Why doesn't that happen? That is true. That is very true. But no, it won't happen because fuck it. Well, it might happen because it's Charlotte and Charlotte appears everywhere. I don't know. Anyway, uh, again, not to be too thingy, and it's not because it's it's a women's tournament. It's because just I feel like we've just not got. I don't even know we're gonna pad this out. More random tag teams, I suppose. Anyway, my last one, and I'm sure you agree with me on this one at least, Carl. The fucking pre-match weigh-in. I moaned about this with Dynamite, and I'm gonna moan about it now. They did a pre-match weigh-in for the pit fight, right? And like it was just so we could have this little segment where they oh they nearly attacked each other then like uh, is at any point either of them not going to make weight and you go well sorry lads you can't have the match <laughs> it's never going to fucking happen <laughs> I get you're trying to be creative but don't give me this bullshit no one has to weigh in for fuck all no one has to sign a contract for fuck all you liars I mean, but Anthony it's in a cage and you know whenever people fight in a cage they have weigh-ins you know what I mean well, so yeah that makes a bit of sense yeah. Except for the first cage match when, you know, Riddle and Thatcher didn't have, have a way in. But no, for this no, one. That's yeah. true. So, um, yeah, so I just needed to moan about that because, I, like, I moaned about it with Dynamite. It wouldn't be fair to ignore it with NXT. Stupid weigh-in segments. <laughs> Stupid weigh-in. Stupid weigh-in segments. So, overall, despite my gripes, it wasn't a bad week by any means. Um, Very middle of the road, but I do enjoy a good tournament. On those balances, I'm going to give it a two and a half. Okay. I had it down as a two. Uh, I don't know whether that's just because I am not as... Invested in the folks in NXT. Because you're a bitter, you are, bitter but... man, Carl. <laughs> well, there's definitely that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it was, again, it was just very meh. Didn't really move anything along too much. But in terms of the quality of, of stuff, you know, it was all, it was fine. But yeah, just very meh. Not really a highlight or no shape, but it's probably worth a mention. Like um, Tim Thatcher winning that pit fight, like, mm. kind of had to happen, or that would have totally ruined Thatcher. But uh, I assume he's just going to go back to obscurity now until there's another pit fight to be had. I mean, it's all well and good giving someone their own match type, but if it's something that they have once a year and the rest of the time they're just pretty shit and lose all the time, it's not great. It's like that's the thing. If so far it feels like it, you know, there's the pit there with Thatcher in it, and you can just throw people to him. Like, mm. like it's only ever Thatcher in it. It's weird. But hey ho, yeah, just wanted to mention that he definitely had to win it. It kind of took the the mystery out of it, really. But if he'd have lost, it would have totally fucking ruined them. Yeah, brutal no, match though. So. Let's move on to the other Wednesday night show, Superior Wednesday night show. Light it up, it's Wednesday. You know what that means? Dynamite. Nice. It was uh, New Year's Smash Night 2, and the card consisted of a... Was it? Was it? Or was that last week? I may not have I think that was last week, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll take that back. It was just regular old dynamite. And the card consisted of the celebration of Negative One's birthday. It's always weird calling it Negative One because in the UK we say Minus One. But if he wants to be a Negative One, that's cool. So, celebration of his birthday, we had Dark Order and Hangman taking on the Chaos Project and TH2. Um, and after the match, Hangman was going to reveal whether or not he was going to join the Dark Order. Dark Order and Hangman did win the match, and Page revealed he will not be joining the Dark Order, much to the dismay of all of the Dark Order. Right, well, that's the end of that, then. It is. It is. Or is it? Um, we then had Sting congratulating Darby Allen on his successful title defence. I feel like he the had... way the book and Sting at the minute is like, we invited him around that one week and he just hasn't fucking left. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit like that. Just wanders um, around the rafters had... now, haunting the uh, had... Jacksonville Stadium. Yeah, just, just that. Him and Darby just walking around the seats in the bleachers. That's all they do. The, oh, the Jags talk. are terrified, man. <laughs> Um, we had Cody Rhodes in action taking on Peter Avalon and Rhodes picked up the win we had John Moxley taking on Nick Camarotto with Moxley picking up the win we had Matt Seidel and Top Flight taking on the team of Private Party and Matt Hardy with the Hardy Party picking up the win and we had Penelope Ford taking on Layla Hirsch um, with Penelope Ford picking up the win and the main event of the evening was, um, of course, the inner circle all taking on each other for tag team supremacy with MJF and Chris Jericho picking up the win with seconds to spare. So in terms of highlights, um, I actually quite enjoyed the whole opening segment. So, you know, again, the whole thing was done and you've got to you've got to look at it this way as well. The whole thing was done, obviously, for negative one. And for Brody's family, um, it's obviously having this kind of celebration of his birthday and stuff like that. So, I think I just want to say what they're doing, you know, I think is is amazing, and it's nice yeah. that it's not just like, oh, well, you know, Brody's passed away now, and we did a nice little tribute, and then that's it. Like they're yeah. keeping him around, they're keeping the family there. He's probably paying, you know, negative one or something, or, or yeah. at least contracted um, now, dude. Well, exactly. Um, they're probably doing something. Do you know what I mean? To look after the family as well. So yeah, yeah, I think um, I think it's good, and I thought the match as well was decent too. It's not a the action-packed kind of opening that we expect from Dynamite, although I say that, but Hangman did dive down and do a fucking flying crossbody to open the match. But um, good match, I thought. Uh, and then obviously, uh, yeah, I thought the way they handled the whole Hangman thing with the Dark Order, I thought it was hilarious the way that they'd already planned the celebration. <clears throat> and he was like, so... And then they played the music and the little things fell and stuff like that. And he only uh, ended up saying no. But yeah, I'm... Um, Strange one, really. I don't really know what's what's next for him. His uh, his his rationale or the reasoning behind it was simply that he's been part of, of a group before and it didn't work out too well for him. So, you know, he's had a lot of fun, but he doesn't want to join. So, they were all very sad. Who knows what is next for Hangman? But Indeed. I enjoyed that as an opening. Um, the next bit of news was um, so Sting was congratulating Darby Allen, um, and then we find out that we're going to see him in a match. So, you know, we did query this. Okay. We did query this when uh, he first joined AEW and on the, the website it had a, a win-loss record type thing. But, yeah, he's going to be in a match. It's going to be a street fight. Um, <clears throat> so I'm still not too sure how I feel about it. Um, but I don't know. I think, you know, having Sting there and giving Darby Allen his kind of seal of approval. I know you're not massively big on Darby Allen um, yourself, but I think having someone like Sting there does really help elevate him and, you know, give him that kind of... I don't... 
I don't mind Darby Allen per se. I don't like how quickly, not quickly, it's not even the right way. I don't like how he got the TNT title, like, and the way it was sort of presented to him, like a fucking chalice, still bugs me. Um, and I don't, to be honest, if you think about the booking, and I'm not trying to be too mean on Dynamite here, but it's like, isn't it like really kind of odd that Sting's like, oh, you wear face paint too? We're like <laughs> best friends right now. It's just weird. But at the same time, it is, it's going somewhere. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I think I completely get your point about the, uh, oh, you wear face paint too. We're best friends now. Um, I think, I don't know. For me, they're making a big deal out of it. Obviously, Cody Rhodes is Cody Rhodes, and he will over-fucking produce and book everything that, until the fucking cows come home, Moni. And him kneeling down, presenting that thing like a fucking chalice that has annoyed you so much. I try and just look, I, I try and look past that, because that's just Cody. Can't. I think it, <laughs> can't wait to see him overproduce a film one day. <laughs> in terms of Derby, I think um, you know it's a big deal, because he's the first homegrown champion they've had in that company. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like... He, he's he's from he's from there. He's an AEW original. You know, you've had Cody as the champ. You've had fucking Brody. You've had Lance, Ar- Lance Archer have it for a bit. Can't even remember. Um, don't think he did. I don't did think he, he did. Knows. I know. He, I think he had a match. Um, I don't think he actually won. No. And then you've had obviously Moxley and stuff like that. And then eventually Kenny Omega's got the uh, the title as well. But um, and Jericho obviously. So it's it's a big deal to have a homegrown guy. So. I get why they're trying to make him a star because that's that's what they've set out to do. They know they can't rely on your Jerichos and your Stings and stuff forever, so they're trying to create these new stars by using the old stars, aren't they? So I think I completely get it. It's like you've got face paint too, so we're friends. But I think um, I don't know. It can only do good things for Darby in the long run. I think and by giving him his like seal of approval or something, um, I don't know. Um, let's let let's see how it goes down at Revolution this match because. Yeah. Uh, mm, I say I will say I don't I don't like solidly hate uh, Derby. He's he's good. It's just um, I'm not been a fan of the booking since the title win. Yeah, no, I think that's understandable. And I think as well for anyone out there who's making similar comparisons to oh well Sting's wrestling is just like another Goldberg. It's fucking not, is it? Right? No. Because so he hasn't gone straight for Omega and just gone. I want a match now. Yeah. So and everyone's gone. Okay. But yeah, I'm not exactly looking forward to the match. I'm, I can only hope it's like a pre-taped cinematic kind of thing or something similar to the uh, the street fight that uh, Best Friends and Santana Ortiz uh, had where, you know, it's still pretty badass. But, yeah, I'm not exactly looking forward to seeing it. How old is he? 60? 62, I believe. 62, yeah. I'm not looking forward to seeing him, like, wrestle. So, a street fight I can get on board with, but let's see how it how it goes. Yeah. Let's... Um, so, the next highlight. So, Mox is back wrestling, uh, which is always good. And um, he faced off against a guy called Nick Comorado. Never seen him before, but he looks pretty fucking good, to be fair. Like, do you know what? Um, I saw Dexter Loomis and was like, okay, this guy, he, he could have something. He had the look and he had the personality and everything like that. Like, I'm, I get similar vibes with Comorado, you know. He's definitely got the look. I haven't seen loads of personality, but it looks like something could be done marketable with him. Um, so I'm kind of... Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see whether we're going to see any more of him because um, he looks pretty good. Um, so, yeah, all in all, it was pretty short work for Mox. Um, but, yeah, nice to see him back in action and nice to see this Nick Comorado guy. And, yeah, let's see what, what comes from him. Indeed. And then this week, Anthony, we've got more O'Shanks than we do highlights, which is a shame for Dan yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. But it is what it is. So, firstly, Cody versus Pretty Peter Avalon. So, firstly, I fucking hate this new Snoop Dogg music. Like, fucking hell. I know you're on the Go Big Show or whatever, but my God, Cody, just stop it. You've ruined your entrance song. It was great. Um, 
I, I also you well you are way too into that song though, to be fair. I fucking love that song, it's brilliant. Um <laughs> that but, Go Big Show. I believe he's on there with that Bruce Kreischer fella, isn't he? <laughs> he hosts it, yeah. That yeah. Bruce 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 Kresh, Krishna Krishna. Bill Bill Krishna. Yeah, Krishna. Krishna Krishna. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. Um Anthony, of course, referring to one of your favourite podcasts there, aren't you? It is Two Bears, One Cave. Awesome podcast. Well worth a listen. Uh, Bert Kreishner is uh, one of the hosts and also the host of the Go Big Show. And uh, quite recently took a bit of umbrage to, I, I believe, Jericho uh, calling him Bruce. Yeah, but, uh, I think it was a it was combination of Jericho and Excalibur, wasn't it? The pair of them fucking <laughs> up, basically. Neither of them got it right. And he's, uh, he's fuming. So it was, was funny. pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so I hate the whole the new Snoop music and stuff. I hate the whole Jade Cargill stuff. Um, the finish was stupid as fuck again. Why can't he just have a normal finish? He's so annoying because I really like Cody. I think he's awesome. <laughs> <Damn> it, <Cody. laughs> why? Why you like this man? Just stop it. Um, so the finish was Cody puts him in the fucking figure four, right? And Avalon's not even really selling it that much, which is pretty annoying in its own right. But then Avalon slaps Cody across the face. So Cody looks at him like, you little shit, I'm going to slap you back. And then he just taps because he doesn't want to be hit in the face. And I get it, he's pretty Peter Avalon. That's fucking stupid because you're just discrediting the figure four. Yeah. So I was annoyed by that. I know, yeah. Um, I never thought of it like that. He's more scared of a slap than he is the figure four. Yeah, like human. Um, the whole Hardy Party and Top Flight Side Al match um, didn't work either. It felt really clumsy. You know, the timing was off. Like, it didn't seem like they were communicating very well. It was just very all over the place, which is a shame because I really like Top Flight and I really like Private Party, but Can maybe... I just say, though, I I think Hardy Party's a misstep and I don't think they're ready to admit it yet. I don't think it works. I don't think it's ever worked. I know you've had some reservations over the last few weeks, but I decided this week they need. To, this is one of them things where they need to go, this isn't working, let's do something else, because it doesn't work for me, this at all. Yeah, fully agree. Fully on board. Um doesn't make any sense. I think I said last week it's the worst Hardy character I've seen in a, a long time. It just doesn't suit him. Yeah. Um, For me, the, stoners, doesn't need this agent type in, thing. In terms doing. of like uninteresting <laughs> storyline, this is like this is up there with the Nightmare Collective. It's like doesn't work. Let it go. Yeah, I hope I hope that they actually do. I really do, or at least uh, you know they do something better with it. But yeah, it's not landed at the minute. Mm. Um, ah, the Young Bucks, another another. Uh, one that often feature on my own shite, unfortunately. Um, so they show up at Kenny Omega's house. Um, and yeah, it was pretty funny because there was a picture on the wall of, you know, two muscly men with like superimposed Kenny Omega and Don Callis faces on. Haha. <laughs> um, but then the young bucks go and beat up Don Callis, basically. And then Kenny Omega is really angry about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's very hit and miss. Like when Omega won the belt and he ran off with Don Callis and was like, maybe I'm going to go to Impact and stuff he's been doing all that stuff's pretty pretty sick but the last couple of weeks the whole like well we're gonna bring um like we're the you know we're the elite but now we're not the elite we're the bullet club and we're you know young books are in it but now you're not in it and then now i don't know it's all over the place and i'm not the elite bullets i don't know (laughs) the bully um (laughs) french uh you made a new shirt there the bully club um but then we had uh, the main event as well, which just, I don't know, it underwhelmed. Um, I I know that you weren't super keen on this way, yeah, so maybe you can be like, not the kind of guy to say I told you so, but I told you so. Um, I thought they could have done something good with it. Um, I think they started off no, quite they, well. They didn't. Um, <laughs> they didn't. 
Um, it started off quite well, I thought, where it was kind of like the playfulness of it, of like, ah, we're we're actually all mates. We're just gonna, you know, like we're gonna prove that we're better than you. And like they didn't really want to hurt each other. But then, like before you knew it, it just turned into any other three-way tag match. We were just beating the shit out of each other. It didn't really make sense because there was no animosity there. Um, mm. And look, right, he doesn't deserve all the shit he's got for this, right? Jericho did not look great in this match, and there's been a few matches where he hasn't looked great. But he went for a lion salt that he couldn't have done his usual way just because of the way it was. So he ended up kind of having to do a modified version where he kind of jumped on the rope and it, yeah it was clumsy but fucking twitter reddit everything blew up and was like he's passed it he's done he's finished he's like i disagree because if you look back a couple of weeks he was hitting his line salts fine and i know he has been maybe off his game a little bit the past few months but i feel like the ta- the amount of criticism is probably just not justified at all like it was one move one one botch and i don't think it was because he couldn't do it i think it was just a poor setup. He didn't have the space. He couldn't mm. get a run up. So, it is what it was. Um, but yeah. So, I just want to get that. Wanted to get that in there. But yeah, I think um, the match itself was. I don't know. It could have been a lot better than it was. It was a bit underwhelming. They overran on the time, which led to like a really quick finish, and it was just a bit meh to be honest. So, mm. bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, I thought the, okay, the episode, all in all, was okay. But didn't really move on. You know, move things on too much. Like, fine. We've now got a main event set for. Beach break, and we've now got a match set for Revolution. We'll be fine. Up Sting's going to fight, but yeah, not that much progression. Um, so for me, it gets probably. It might, I'm not sure if it's the lowest I've ever given it, but it's definitely down there. Gets a two for me. It's on par with NXT this week. I um I agree that it's on par with NXT this week in the sense that I'd give it a two and a half. Yeah, definitely went worse. NXT was very middle of the road, and I think this was there was nothing spectacular, but it was still a good week. Um, so yeah, two and a half for me. Because I'm not as tight as you, but whatever. <laughs> so should we talk about SmackDown? Let's talk about it. Okay. So we open the night with a promo from Roman Reigns slash Kevin Owens, as we like to do. Uh, we then had a match between the Riot Squad and the tag team of Charlotte and Asuka. Charlotte and Asuka taking the win. We then see Cesaro go up against Dolph Ziggler, with Cesaro taking the win. We had Sasha Banks going up against Reginald, with Sasha Banks taking the win. We had Big E going up against Apollo Creed, with the... Uh, Apollo Crews with uh, Big E taking the win. And that was an icy title match, so that's that done. Uh, we had some daft shit with Bailey and Bianca Belair, which we'll talk about. Uh, we had Corbin going up against Dominic Mysterio, with Corbin taking the win. And we closed the night off with Adam Pearce versus Paul Heyman. Um, didn't think you'd expect that as a main event, but that's what we got. Honest, nothing's going to change. And I don't think anyone won that, to be honest. So, first highlight. Um, I actually quite liked the storytelling behind the whole... Heyman thing and it's going to spoil the main event a bit but does it matter and that is the fact that like obviously the cut the opening promo we have to start every night with uh, with Roman and Heyman or some form of that whole thing opening the show uh, and we had um, Adam Pearce aggravating Heyman to the point that Heyman starts talking smack and, and you know they agreed to a match between Heyman and Pearce Heyman cocky as anything and it was sold really well I enjoyed it where he's like uh, like I will kick you or beat your ass or something like that and it was like it's such undeserved confidence that you're like something's amiss and then it paid off because he used the exact same trick that Adam Pearce used to get Kevin Owens in the match uh, at Rumble and he feigned a leg injury and replaced himself with Roman Reigns so Roman Reigns could beat the shit out of Pearce as the main event Um, obviously chaos ensued 
and I do have some issues with that. But as a highlight, I want to give credit to the to the storytelling and the, the sort of callback on that that same trick. I thought it was quite good. Yeah, I thought I thought Paul was good at it. Um, you could see what was going to happen from a mile away, but um, yeah, I like I like I, I just like the I like the call. <laughs> I'm from New York. Well. I will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> He's boss, isn't he? Yeah. It's a. Do you know what? I've not seen Paul talk a lot with Roman, so it's nice yeah. to see him get a bit of mic time. And I get it because he's trying to be a different Paul. He's not trying to talk for him because he's not Brock. But it's nice to see him still get a bit of like a bit of that whole promo work. It was good. Yeah. Definitely. Um. So it's kind of a highlight. My next one. But I do have issue with it for obvious reasons. But it's isn't it nice to see them remember that the women's tag titles can be defended on other shows? Funny that as soon as Charlotte comes back, it, it's remember. funny that, and that's the slight gripe I have because it's now they've remembered. But we'll talk about that. <coughs> but as a highlight, the fact that they're defending them on other shows is good. It's good. The plus, it's a good thing. Um, I'm curious because you said some stuff before that made me think you maybe don't agree with this. But um, uh, Ziggles and Cesaro was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. I think Cesaro getting the win was uh, was good and furthers this whole belief that maybe he's getting a push. I don't know, is he? Um, but, you know, they're both very technically gifted in the ring and sadly Dolph Ziggler is very good at selling and when you're trying to push Cesaro, he's the perfect man to do it. So I really enjoyed the match from a technical standpoint. Um, it just makes me really hope that Cesaro is going to get some sort of push here. Yeah, I think... Uh... <clears throat> I think to clarify, uh, I thought Cesaro was fantastic on the mic um, for the first time, like in a long time. Yeah, it feels like he's been working on it, doesn't it? Um, even the bit with Sammy, who he was like, uh, I, I can speak in five languages, and he said something in French and then passed it to Sammy, and, I, and he went, Yeah, no one, no one cares what you what you've got to say. <laughs> Just like like even stuff like that, I thought it was hilarious. But then, yeah, I thought he was really good on the mic. The match itself was really good. It was just more the fact that Dolph Ziggler getting on the mic was was boring and bland. That was the only that was the only thing I had against it. But yeah, yeah. Um, I hope, God, I hope he's getting a push. But it would feel a bit, I don't know. It would feel a bit out of nowhere if he did just start getting a push now. But I mean, I I am all for uh, a Cesaro push, absolutely, definitely. So we can only hope, mate. We can only hope. Um, so my next highlight, Carl, I'll call it highlight because it's something we've been talking about for a little while on this show. And that was um, WWE's squirmishness about intergender matches. It's sort of a question we've put to a few of our interviewees as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see them pull the trigger on an intergender match. Uh, and look what happened, WWE. It went fine. It was okay. It wasn't the best match ever, but it was okay. Nothing bad happened. Look at that. Unless you've got a raft of complaints. I don't know. Um, but it wasn't... I think it was it was better than I think you probably expected it to be. Doesn't make it a good match. It was still kind of sloppy, um, and I'm slightly bugged that we're meant to like be like, "Wow, this Reginald, he's really athletic." It's like, fuck off. We got Ricochet on the other show, mm. like, so we can do a flip. You know, like, who, who even who even is this guy? To be fair, do you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah, but like, who is he? Why is well, he there? Why he is makes he drinks time? for Carmella and then flips off the ring open. Yeah, it's his thing. It's like his um, thing, man. But you know yeah, it was kind of a sloppy match, but. It was good to see them like have Sasha be that sort of dominant character in in this sort of format. It was it was good. I liked it. It wasn't yeah. great, but it was good. I thought it worked in the sense that it was Sasha um, being the one to do it because uh, I don't know. I feel like her kind of attitude and the way she carries herself and stuff made sense. Um, I, I thought they played it too safe. Like he didn't exactly beat her up or like kick her in the head or anything, did he? Do you know what I mean? It was a bit 
this is this is like them dipping the toe in the water. And for a, mm. this is the bit that really puzzles me with WWE because for a, for a, a show that in the attitude era had Jericho feuding with China, yeah. like how are they so squeamish about this stuff? But um, this was them dipping the toe in. So yeah, it was like Reginald was under strict strict instructions. Yeah. He might as well have been like, "Do I have permission to touch your body?" Because he couldn't like actually do anything. Um, it was just yeah, it was probably a little bit too standoffish in all fairness. Mm. But my last highlight, Carl. And I, again, don't know if you're going to agree with it, but uh, Sami Zayn, how can you not love that little Irish troll? He's fucking boss. Like, this Irish. whole justice for... Is he Irish? What is he? Canadian? Canadian troll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he looks Irish. Anyway. Um, no, but how can, how can you not love this little troll? He's just awesome. Like, he'd come out with that whole... He handcuffed himself to the barriers. He called him, like, justice for Sammy uh, mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I love it. I love it, even in our loss. He's so, like into himself and like if he can weasel his way back into the title scene he fucking will uh yeah i just i thoroughly enjoy it and uh i still think his heel works great i know you don't but whatever um i don't know he's uh maybe he's grown on me a little bit i think it's it's definitely different to say the least i I love the way he's got um a documentary crew like filming him going around and he's got his little fucking picket sign and handcuffing himself to things like it is definitely different and stuff like that and he is a weasel um yeah, I still don't think he should be the IC title, um, champion, but I don't think Big E should be either. So, yeah. Yeah, fine. Um, so, oh, shites. Um, as much as I commend, and I still commend, the work between Roman and Kevin Owens and Paul Heyman and anyone else involved, I feel like SmackDown's getting a bit paint by numbers with the fact that every week for the last few weeks now we've had, let's open with Roman coming to the ring. Or let's open with Jey Uso coming to the ring. Or let's open with Paul Heyman coming to the ring. And it's like, it's all around the same story. And it's like, let's start with that promo, get that going, have a match, have a match, have a match. Main event's going to be about them as well. So they bookend every SmackDown with Roman. And it's like, yeah, I'm really enjoying his heel work, but I don't know, it just feels a bit too predictable. Uh, Is that something to moan about? Like, I'm fine with the stuff, just don't have it in the same order. It seems like a bit of a petty moan, but (coughs) I don't know. It's like, just feels a little bit too routine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'll, yeah, I will agree. Uh, I think it is the fact that it just opens every week, and it's you know don't get me wrong, Roman is great on the mic. Um, I think I said the same thing last week. It was like he is good, but at the same time, it is just getting a bit repetitive now, isn't it? And um, I'm I'm not a fan at all of this Adam Pearce stuff and the amount of time he's getting and things like that. Like I'm just not a fan of it, honestly. I am. Um, um, I'm. I am totally like. I'll, I'll, you know what I'll cut to this highlight this highlight this oh shite um, which is one of my last ones but um, the thing that bugs me with it all right I would have probably been okay with it if it led to something with Adam Pierce, like actually yeah. having a match and to be honest I'm not overly big on the whole authority figure, figure thing and then they get involved like I don't I think this is kind of a really old thing that they're doing with Adam Pierce instead of a, a, a McMahon do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's something we've kind of had before authority figures getting too involved and all that. But when you you break it down and you look at it and you go, right, we had all that story and all that work and all this match between Heyman and Adam Pearce. And what it actually boiled down to was another brawl between Reigns and KO, which we've had a lot. Like, And I'm not yeah. objecting to another match between the two of them at the Rumble. But ultimately, th- what this was, was these two fighting, but not in the ring. They're having a brawl. It's like, yeah, yeah, we've had that. We've had that a few times. And you, you tricked us with something else and then went right back to that. Do you know, like, 
To be fair, I didn't ma- I didn't mind that because Owen's got the upper hand for once. Um, so mm-hmm. I was okay with that. The problem I've got is with Adam Pearce, and you know, you, you've said then it's like we've seen it before, authority figures, but it's normally a McMahon or it's normally a you know a former superstar who is in an authority figure role. Yeah, someone with authority. Why should we give a fuck about Adam Pearce? It's not like, you know, we've watched him for years and, you know, it's not like it's Mick Foley and he's now the commissioner and, you know, yeah, I'd get behind that. It's like, like, why should I care about Adam Pearce? And there's no disrespect to him. It's just, well, why would I care about Adam Pearce? Yeah. I have no affinity to him. He's a nobody to me. So, yeah. I get him off my telly every two minutes. I don't care if he has a match or not. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't, give, couldn't give a fuck. Yeah. Plus, I feel like the, what they're trying to sell him as now doesn't match the guy who was too afraid to kick Randy Orton out of the building on yeah. Raw. It's like, I feel like they forget that they made him kind of a wuss all around, and then now he's like, oh, I'm going to get the upper hand on Roman by tricking him into this match. And it's like, okay, like that's new, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. For me, they, it, what it devolved into was something that, honestly, they could have just been more direct with and just had them fucking brawl again. It didn't really matter to me. So, me next, oh, shy Carl. We're back to all Charlotte TV now, aren't we? She's back. <laughs> And she's going to be everywhere. And that yeah. worries me. Because, yeah, we had her on SmackDown as well, as it turns out. And um, luckily, she's not gone back to NXT just yet. But uh, it, it's, it feels like the start of it's like, well, let's put Charlotte everywhere we can because we love Charlotte, Charlotte's boss. It's like, again, totally fine with Charlotte, but maybe in, in smaller doses, maybe. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not fine with it, to be fair. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm annoyed already, the fact that she's come back. She's getting more... TV time than the women's champ, um, and now already. Who's the women's like, champ? Asuka. <laughs> like I know, I know okay. Asuka was in, in the match as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, like on Raw and stuff, like she's in a story and stuff, like bigger it seems than Asuka's. And yeah, I just feel already it's like oh fucking hell, she's already on SmackDown. Gonna be back a week. Like my god. I know. Didn't even waste a week. Crazy. Um, my next one, Carl, and I'm hoping we're gonna have a good talk about this, right? This all this shit between Bianca Belair and Bailey. Don't you even have me? the audacity to say this is a bad thing? Because you fucking love the Street Profits, <laughs> and this is Street Profits too. It's fucking shit. It is. But this Profits. is the problem I've got with it. I feel like they were like, well, we kind of never finished the skits between the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits. So do you guys want to do them? And it's like they're doing oh. like the same shit, but with them two now instead. And uh, and it what like the the trickery was even stupid. And like when you look at it on the face of it, it's like a fat joke again, isn't it? Like you have to carry a guy, but your guys Otis and it's like <laughs> Otis is fat. It's like yeah. why why are we still doing this kind of humor again? Um, and I, I know some people have praised this because it showed like Bianca Belair like got a good showing in this, or like because she wasn't perturbed by any of the trickery from Bailey. But I'm like, what's this shit? Just have a match. Yeah. All this bullshit. And yes, you can you can call me on it, Carl, because I enjoyed it when it was the Raiders and the Prophets. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I just. I don't know. I feel like again, they they're scared to do wrestling. Do you know what I mean? They have to find segments to fill like gaps, whether it's a talk show, a weigh-in, you know, a fucking a obstacle course, whatever the fuck this was, a you know, a fucking you know, challenge. It, yeah, just I don't know. Just I think, I, what are they stupid. expecting? Is there some lunatic out there who's like, oh yeah, tuned into a wrestling show? I didn't expect it to be all wrestling. I'm gonna put a complaint in about this. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Have some wrestling. You're called wrestling. What the other W stands for? It's not a fucking variety show, is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> but they, we're here to, to see some storylines and to watch some fucking matches. And so 
This I mean, to be fair, I'd, I'd have to tune into at least one episode of the McMahon Family Variety Show. That would be interesting. <laughs> It'd just be uh, after every act, Vince just goes, you're fired. <laughs> Unless you, you join the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. That's all it's going to be. <clears throat> Classic. So, yeah. Um, yes, you can you can give me grief on it if you want, but I didn't like this, even though I did like the Street Pro- Some of the Street Profit stuff, not all, some of the stuff they did with the Viking Raiders was funny. Not all of it landed, and this certainly didn't land. So back off. Anyway, my next one. This might be a bit unfair, so you can call me on it than being unfair, right? Dominic's had, like, what, two, three matches, yeah? As a match with Corbin, and he's, like, got all his shoulder taped up. Isn't he a bit young to be having, like, fucking wrestling injuries? Especially because he's not really wrestled. Like, I, I hope that's their story-wise, because if, if he's legit hurt his shoulder, I'm like, the fuck, man? You've not even started being a wrestler yet? Yeah. So, yeah, just needed to ask about that. Also, like, let's be honest, <clears throat> he's a developmental talent, isn't he? He's got a Mysterio name, so he's on the main show, but he, he's without his dad especially, he's like... It's not I, I want to give him credit because he was able to hang with Seth for a bit, and he did that realistically because Seth was toying with him and mocking him and so on. And it's like, well, yeah, because realistically you can't beat Seth, so that it still worked, and they worked well together because of the way they were doing the story. But I'm like... But that's still relevant, isn't it? Like, it doesn't matter who you go in the ring with, you're still quite green and you shouldn't be able to beat them. So, you know, this is difficult to book now. So, like, if Corbin had lost this, it would have been really fucking ruining for Corbin, wouldn't it? So, I don't know. I don't know what they want from this. I just, I don't really get, I don't get the whole Mysterio family. You know, they've had that Elias stuff going on for ages or Leah, whatever. And then she's fucked off. And I've still got, you've still got drama with like um, dad and lad. And it's like, I get it. He's he's Mysterio's kid, but he's not even developmental ready. He needs to. He needs a lot more time. Do you know what I mean? He's. Oh yeah. He's not. Don't get me. Don't get me wrong. He's not awful, but he's not. You know, there's a long way to go. But let's be honest, right? If you had him on NXT, right, learning bits and doing what he does, and having matches against like, not being unfair to him because he is more established than Dominic, but having matches against Austin Theory, mm. and pulling out a win, that wouldn't feel unrealistic. And as much as I'm not a fan of Corbin, going up against Corbin, who's been dominant on the roster for a while, he's not going to win. And I can't think of many people in SmackDown who he could beat, logically. No. And that's why, to me, he needs to be on NXT. Yeah, he's saying, you like, random guy who no one's heard of up against Dominic. You go, yeah, sound, that works for me. Yeah. Crazy mm. stuff. Um, uh, that is actually my last one, because I went to my last one before, when I said about the... Um, that ultimately we ended up in a brawl. That was my last moan. So uh, that that was SmackDown, Carl. That was SmackDown. Um, probably not as bad as Raw. So I'll give it a two. Okay, sticking with tradition. Um, one point five. One point five. Me, I still think it was it was marginally better than Raw. Um, to be honest, we we all ended up in the same place with yeah. different scores. That's true. So that true. it's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that was SmackDown, and that was this week in wrestling. Damn right it was. And that was the show. The we're show. all out of segments, guys. We're we have an additional one. Yeah. We're all last with that. <laughs> that was four this week, guys. We hope you enjoyed our, our rumble ramble. Um, and you know, next week, next week, next week, Carl. Next oh, week. Oh, oh, oh. gonna be a rumble. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we got the actual rumble itself, so we hope you tune actual in and join rumble. us. Join well. us for that one. Hopefully you tune in, and hopefully you tune in to see us live. Live. We are uh, we're trying something new. We're yeah. hoping to do a live 
uh, stream and what we're going to call Rumble Talk. Obviously, an homage to how we first started this podcast way back when. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do a live kind of almost watch along, chat along via Twitch, um, talking through the Rumble, basically. That's yeah. going to be our main kind of segment. Um, and if nothing else, this is the first time we tried to do a live. So if you want to tune in and watch us fuck it up completely, you know, that'd, that'd be quite fun. That would yeah. be fun. Fun for everybody. Um, not us, but everyone watching, of course. Of course. So until next week, guys, we'll see you again. Take it easy. Monopoly Events presents For the Love of Wrestling, Europe's largest wrestling convention, back in Liverpool, the Exhibition Centre, between the 15th and 16th of May. Guests this year include Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle, the icon, the showstopper, Mr. WrestleMania, Sean Michaels. Three-time WWE champion, three-time TNA champion, things are about to get extreme with Jeff Hardy. Seven-time women's champion, diva of the decade and Hall of Fame star, Trish Stratus. Grand Slam winner and the wrestling god, John Bradshaw Layfield. These and many, many more will be joining us in Liverpool. Find us on Facebook at For the Love of Wrestling. Visit our website, fortheloveofwrestling.co.uk. For tickets for entry and guests, visit ticketquarter.co.uk. That's ticketquarter.co.uk. For the love of wrestling, by the fans, for the fans. <laughs>